Hello and welcome to Off The Record. We're reviewing the 100 greatest albums of all time and this week we're discussing Darkness on the Edge of Town by Bruce Springsteen, released in 1978. My name's Tom and with me is the author of the New York Times bestseller, If You Don't Try, You Can't Fail. It's John Foster. Hi, John. Hi, how you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, you know. Congrats on your bestseller. Thank you. Took a long time to write. I what did you say the name was again of it? <laughs> I put you in a bit of a spot there, haven't I? <laughs> well, don't, if you... It's called if you don't. It's called if you don't try, you can't fail. <laughs> um, Which does sound mean. Does sound mean, listener. But I did run it by John before I said. I remember. Yeah, I remember you planning this just a while back. Now. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was too mean, so I checked with him before I said it. I like the name. I like the name, and it's you know. It's also true. It is true. Yeah. I can't believe I'm saying this, John, but we can't do one of our world famous rift openings. We've got, they've got too much fan correspondence to talk about. Let's do it. Let's hear it. I'm ready. Um, firstly, and I'm going to do my best not to tear up during this, but we got a really nice message, completely out of the blue, from someone we used to go to school with, Rosie. Um, Yo, what's who, up? I mean, we kind of spoken to for about ten years, but she yeah. said she was recommended the show and uh, she really likes it and she listens to it while on our dog walks. Thanks very much, Rosie. It really made my day to read that. Yeah, same here, Rosie. Um, it's good to know that we're reaching like a lot of people, I suppose, is what, what I want to say. We are international, we're worldwide, but we're still touching the hearts and minds of those local to us, and that's really special, eh, Tom? Yeah, absolutely, of our local community. I hope she doesn't mind our name being used. I mean, how can we How can we find <laughs> out? I mean, there's only one way to find out, and that's to stick it out there and wait for the next email. Her name's not really... This is all This is all just a joke. Her name's not actually Rosie. Yeah. She was introduced to the pod by superfan Alex. Yeah, she's got a beat. Um, we can't... Sorry, Tom. We, sorry, no, you okay. We can't... <laughs> this is an absolute sham. <laughs> so I think it's great. <laughs> she was introduced to the pod by superfan Alex... Um, we can't pay you commission, Alex, but you have our respects, which in a way I think is worth more than money, John. Yeah, I'd agree. Although I'm sure money wouldn't go amiss. Um, but unfortunately, Alex, yeah, we don't have the funds at this point because we haven't got any advertisers. So if you could hook us up with some of that now, now you've done, you've given us one fan. Now give us someone to advertise for. Thanks. Yeah, ideally we need another 499 per week. We're, we're doing good, man. Holy shamoly. Eh? 600 downloads and this is just the beginning is it oh i'm getting tired i thought this was near the end <laughs> great well <laughs> that gives us no more you're time right this is only a solo podcast <laughs> shut up you're not doing it <laughs> this is only season one yeah season one um and we've got big plans for season two new game a little some, something up my sleeve that i don't know if i'll tell tom about you're gonna do on the night on the night man yeah defo always are you not gonna bring it up during our end of season one review meeting Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Well, in the meantime, we've got a second email. Excellent. Um, from the foster family matriarch, Roxy. Oh, wow. Uh, John, do you remember in the Hendrix episode, you had that conspiracy uh, conspiracy theory about Jimmy and the number I nine? Remember, yeah. It, I, it was quite compelling to me, actually. I thought that, you know, that is a mad coincidence, actually. Do you want to remind our listeners about what that was, just in case? I don't remember it. Do you know what it, Can you do it? The number nine comes up a lot for Mr. Hendrix. Um, like, you know, he was 27, two plus nine, for example. You know, amongst many other 20, things. Go back 27, and when he, 27 when he died, not just he, he one, at one point he turned 27. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, yeah, he was born in like September or something as well. So it's pretty mad. It's actually pretty weird. Yeah. Yeah. John, do you want to guess what episode number that Hendrix episode was? It was number nine. 
<laughs> it was number nine, yeah. Crazy Which stuff. Completely, completely passed us by, but Roxy picked up on it and emailed in to point it out. I'm glad she's um, getting in touch. She's paying attention. She also yeah. says that Jimi Hendrix was, is, and will always be the greatest guitar player in the rock genre. Wow, yeah. Uh, I think she's I think she's onto something there, for sure. Mm. All I have to say to that, Roxy, is Mark Knopfler, OBE. I don't know if she knows who that is. She's going to have to ask my dad about that one. She knows who Mark Knopfler is. Everyone knows who Mark Knopfler is. I don't know. You know who Mark Knopfler is. is. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Mark Knopfler was um, the lead guitarist and frontman for Dire Straits, if anyone doesn't know. Are they coming up Dire, Stra- Dire Straits were a band <laughs> from yeah. the 80s, 70s. But <laughs> no, I don't think they do have an album in the list. Oh, man. Shame. Outrageous. Sweet. Well, thanks, Mum, for getting in touch. Yeah. Keep it coming. Thanks, uh, and finally, uh, we have an email from Peter Foster. Oh, yeah. Co-host of the Yazoo podcast. I'm loving that podcast so far <laughs> as well. Oh, I can't turn it off. Um, he's got a lot to say, so I'm just going <laughs> to rattle through it in bullet point form. Excellent. Yeah, let's do it. <clears throat> we, I haven't read these emails. I don't read the emails. No, no, I instructed John not to read them so I could I could present them live. Yeah. It's misophonia, not misophobia. John, okay. read read a book. Uh, that, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that, did, did he say to, that? <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> All right. That's a reference to not liking certain noises, which John got wrong. Okay. Well, whatever. Next. Regarding regarding <laughs> Forrester Four drumming. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> there were moments of greatness, but to say you're cramped is a weak excuse. That is, uh, it's it's a tough one to really process that one. To be honest with you, because I mean, you weren't there. You weren't cramped. You didn't even you didn't even set up the drums. You were too busy faffing around the guitar pedal thing, that little multi effects pedal. Wasn't he a bass player? Oh yeah, okay, on the bass and whatever. I can't remember. Yeah, he was on the bass. See, I was paying attention, Peter. I was. I have. I like a drum set up in a certain way, and that fellow, whoever set it up, didn't have it in a certain way. You know, I felt like I was in like a prog band. You know, with the drums. You know how the toms <laughs> are set up like really high up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how I felt. Uh, the bloke from Rush. I yeah. forgot his name. He's the one that... Neil Pert. He's the one that everyone always goes to. So, yeah. yeah. He's got, um, like, <laughs> out, like, a, a, got about 100 a drums. shoe shape around him and he's just waiting. Um, yeah, whatever. I mean, again, whatever. You know. There were moments of greatness, for sure. I brought the groove. You brought a groove? I brought the groove. <laughs> you know, I, I added a little extra flavour into the mix compared to... I'm not going to... I'm not shading anybody, but... Let's just say the mix didn't have that much flavor until I got involved, and then mm-hmm. and then the band abruptly stopped. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's too much flavor, but I know for a fact I did bring flavor. So okay. And his last point: scout for girls, and you have the gall to critique music. That was a that was a dig that, at me. That was a, you, yeah. I can't argue with that. But he also says that he agrees that Blink One Eight Two are overrated. I mean, what can you say to people <laughs> that don't know what they're talking about? <laughs> You know what I mean? Do you try try and educa- educate them, John? No, I ignore them. I tell them to do one. Okay. Uh, Peter does actually have one more thing. Um, he's given more insight into the first meeting between him and his co-host, Dave Riley. Excellent. Let's hear it. This will be interesting because it is sort of like they don't bring it up that much on the podcast. They sort of get down to business, unlike us. And I feel <laughs> like I want to know more like about their relationship. We have been accused of rambling yeah. <laughs> at the start of pods. Um, okay. I'm just going to read it as written. Uh, it's written in first person, and he's talking to me. Uh, what else do you need to know? Oh, Dave's my brother, in case that wasn't already abundantly clear. Okay. It might be not clear for the Canadians. Yeah, Shout that's out true. 
Uh, Peter's also John's brother <laughs> for my side of <laughs> yeah. my side of the podcast fans who don't know. <laughs> okay, I came to see your parents' new house. He was sitting outside in sports gear, like the dreamy jock that he was back then, as if he was in some John Hughes film, carefully priming his thirst trap for my naive sixteen candles, which I was eager to blow out that winter. <laughs> he was listening to his <laughs> he was listening to his brand new iPod, flashing it around like some beautiful plumage. He let me touch it. I was a cockatiel in the palm of his hand, and he had the he had the seed I craved. A cockatiel is a small Australian parrot. I had to look that up, so that's why I don't know why you chose that analogy. Peter loves birds. He loves <laughs> okay. birds. He's, he's an ornithologist. I didn't know what that was, but okay. The warm summer sun was beating down on my moist brow, and the moment drew to a close. We didn't have much else to talk about other than the iPod. He then got up and left. I'd like to think a bond was made in that moment. Wow, there we are. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that was really intense. <laughs> I know. I'm quite sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, wow. I mean, really good writing. Really good writing. Now. I told I him it was the greatest email I'd ever received. <laughs> <laughs> got to, um... I laughed for a long time when I read that. Uh, I don't know. That, that, is, that is mad. Yeah. Um, there you have it. The origin story of the hit Yazoo podcast, but also the origin story for another hit podcast, John, because that no. was the day that we met for the first time. Whoa. In 2005. I don't remember your brother being there. Well, Honestly, that's, I, can that's... Tell, I can tell my side of the story, if you like. Uh, please. Uh, well, we're already 30 minutes in. No, yeah, go, go ahead. Well, what happened was obviously my mum and dad were at work. So. And we just moved into the neighbourhood, so I didn't really have any friends. Nearby. John was a latch latchkey kid, <clears throat> um, and so Peter Boy was going to go see. I call Peter Peter Boy because um, that's what we the family calls him that sometimes. They also call John John Boy, which is adorable. So yeah, Peter Boy was like, well, "I'm going to go see this guy Dan. I know who's from school. He lives close." And I'm like, and he was like, I guess, I guess you want to come. I don't know if he mentioned you, to be honest with you. He probably did. But anyway, I was like, yeah, let's go. Let's let's hit the streets, you know. I'm always down to hit the streets. That's something <laughs> you that. were 10 years old. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, So we jumped on our bikes, you know what I mean? Like, or at least I jumped on my bike, as I recall. Um, hit the streets, hit the turf, rolled up at your place. Lovely house, lovely, um, you know, lovely architecture. Texture. It was a summer day. I remember that. Nice. It was good. Uh, and I, I walked through the door. There you are, standing there, looking me dead in the eyes, you know. <laughs> and I feel like the first thing you said to me was, do you like Lord of the Rings? And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> and you're like, let's go play. We played Lord of the Rings 3 on GameCube. And we got, you got past the level I used to be stuck on, the ghost level. Yeah, I don't like to brag about it. And so I seen bits of that game at your house that I'd never see before or after that moment. <laughs> That's like the third level. <laughs> yeah, it was really hard though. Next thing I know, year seven, you know, two thousand six September, and who's there? But you. We had we've been in a classroom. The, we've been putting the same tutor group together, haven't we? Putting the same tutor group. What are the chances? About one in twelve. But still, I mean, pretty special. But there's yeah pretty crazy when you think about it and i think that was fate truthfully i mean how else can you explain it how else i don't know well great thanks thanks for that <laughs> so, 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 we've been going for a really long time <laughs> i mean 
I think the people want to hear that story. I genuinely do. Okay, maybe we do it with a whole separate episode. Oh, uh, you've kind of you've kind of summed it up in four minutes. Maybe no, but we can get into we can get into more detail for sure. We'll get, I'll get Peter involved to um, ghostwrite it for me. Yeah, well, he should definitely write something. Yeah, he really described his brow. Yeah, you know, I can't get that image out of my head. He did it twice. <laughs> he wanted to hit home that he was sweating. Yeah, but it was a hot day. Should we? Uh, should we get onto the get onto the music? Yeah, let's do it. Um, what did you think of the album, John? I thought it was a good album, but what I will say is some of the songs are a bit long. But I actually quite like the album as a whole. Um, he's a really good storyteller. He describes, and he's a working man, and he makes me want to get a Mustang or some sort of some sort of good car that runs well and just bloody bloody cane it on a street you know with my sleeves rolled up i've got cigarettes in my sleeves yeah you know what i mean grease back hair <laughs> a little bit of oil under my eye because i've been working on the car and i go and i was and i'll pull up to a you know like a like a ledge or something whip out one of my cigarettes and just smoke it baby just smoke it and look at the town look at the one horse town that i'm <laughs> growing up in and i'm saying I've got to get out of here, man. I've got the words one horse town in my notes written about three different times. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what it's all about. I feel like yeah. Bruce Springsteen is all about being a working man, living in a one horse town, driving cars. And I get it. You know what I mean? I like it. And yeah, as I say, I just want, I just want to become a greaser listening to it. What were your thoughts on it? I really didn't like it. Oh, no. No, I find it slightly preposterous. Damn. <laughs> Why? <laughs> For all the same reasons that you do like it, like all of those ridiculous, we're breaking out of this one horse town to win stuff, which we we just don't have a culture of over here. It's the sincerity of how he sings that I find painful. He's like he's like Brian Adams or Bon Jovi, but without being tongue in cheek. A Brian Adams Bon Bon Jovi tongue in cheek? I've never heard that. I think them. I think there's a there's a there's some humour involved in particularly in Bon Jovi. I don't think Bon Jovi takes himself seriously. I don't think he <laughs> sees himself as the uh as the as the protector of the common man. I don't like Bon Jovi. No, neither do I. <laughs> They've only really got that one song, right? <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> name another Bon Jovi song that's not Living on a Prayer. You give love a bad name. Shot through the heart. That's the same one. Doesn't matter. The point is yeah, I didn't I didn't like this album? Uh, it's not one you'll need headphones for, that's for sure. Oh no, no the yeah. production it's... is about as vanilla as it comes. Yeah, it's sort of seventies standard production. Yeah. You know, what it mean? sounds There's perfectly nothing... sounds perfectly professional, competently yeah. done. Just just nothing in the way of effects or experimentation. Nothing trying to no, yeah, they're not trying to push the the envelope too much. But you know, I like the saxophone. In the, oh, in that was song. some of the worst bit. You don't like the saxophone? What is? What, what happened to you, man? I what happened to you? The saxophone. Ever since you discovered Missy Elliott, <laughs> I love saxophone. I think it's a beautiful instrument, and even that he managed to ruin by making it sound cheesy. I think at this point in like culture, it's hard to see past the saxophone as just sort of like this eighties um, cliche, and that's not fair. You know, because saxophone's got a lot of potential. Yeah, you, know, you have but... to sell me on the sax, mate. I absolutely love it. But I think the okay. way he uses it is 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 bad. You don't like a roaring sax solo. It's not done well. Yeah, I also think it's quite dated. 
the set what's it no the whole the whole album is very much of its time like we've done other old albums but they've they sounded timeless like hendrix even the band although i didn't love the album it sounded Mm. relevant to me this to me sounds like a parody of 70s rock i i agree with you with hendrix definitely the band was i think i guess the band was right the band is nothing to write home about i i don't feel no ways about the band you know? Well, yeah, as I said, I didn't, I didn't fall in love with it either. But it's, it's, it sounded like it could still come out, and it, it might, it, obviously, it's not going to be massive. But I think it was still, sound, yeah, I get, it, I see it would what still you mean, fit yeah. in. Whereas, yeah, this wouldn't, this it wouldn't, wouldn't sell at all. I, yeah, you can see me, but at the same time, man, getting out. We have one horse towns in England, so that, I mean, to to you know to defend Bruce. Yeah, but we stay here when we go to the pub. True. We don't have we, Mustangs. I think if we had Mustangs, we'd, <laughs> we'd be driving around angsty-like. Um, I do have one nice thing to say before we get into the song by song. Uh, during yeah. my research, I watched a video of Springsteen playing on stage with Chuck Berry. Okay. Uh, they were playing Johnny Be Good, of course. And Bruce spent the entire video staring at Chuck Berry. And it was, you could see on the look on his face that Bruce was just thinking... Oh my god, I'm playing with Chuck Berry. Oh my god, I'm playing with Chuck Berry. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm playing with Chuck Berry. It was really nice. It it may be warm to him. Now that trash is album. I mean, Born to Run is a really good song. I don't know about album, but it's a really good song. Yeah, it's a good. Song. I'd like to just I just like to say that real quick. I'd also like to say that the album um, Born in the USA is also a really sick album. Okay, they're not the albums we're reviewing, though. Keep that in mind. No, they're not. They're not. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. But I want to... Because I feel like you're going to rip into shreds, poor Brucey. I'm glad you like it, though, because that is going to give us some light and dark in the... the Yeah. Well, I think... Let's let's hear your thoughts, Tom. Yeah. On the uh, opening track. Song one, which, to be fair, after all that negative stuff I talked about, I do think it is quite a cool, fun opening track. And I like the melody, and the piano is cool. Yeah. But I can't get past his way of singing. It's kind of like, it's kind of Elvisy at times, eh? Oh, that's interesting. I, heard, I didn't, that didn't come to mind. Like Elvis, what does he do? Like, close his throat off and like, yeah, not move yeah. his mouth much. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's working man's. A working man doesn't want to hear a man <laughs> sing, not... Tom. He wants to rub grit in his eye and <laughs> just grunt about, <laughs> you know, working, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I, found the, I found the slightly operatic backing vocals quite funny. Is that is that him doing the backing vocals? Do you know? It can't, I, don't know. I don't know. It sounds like him, but it can't be because it is. It's like, I'd say, yeah, it's operatic is the word I'd use. I think it's, um, I mean, yeah, the production is nothing to talk about for sure, like you say. You know, the drums sound pretty, pretty boring. This is one thing I had. I don't like about sixties and seventies music, or well, not all seventies music, but it's like a lot of some of it. Let's say is the drums always sound a little flat, dude. Like they put like a blanket on the drums. What's that about? Do you mean the tom sound, or just all of it? Yeah, because I can sort of see what you mean about the tom. Yeah, like it that bit sound, right in like the yeah, pre-chorus. It does sound dull. Um, today it's a good question. In because it was in the eighties that they you got that really that kind of Collinsy snare with like loads of reverb and yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and that kind of like that changed the sounds of basically every drum. Yeah, having having the electric drums. I mean, they were probably popular. They're probably getting there in seventy eight, but obviously it doesn't fit uh, Bruce's vibe at the time. Um, no. That really changed the game. Lin drums. Look it up. Really cool electric drum kit. That is, you know, set you know set a standard for 
for drum sounds to this day. But I think Peter Boy, my brother, uh, from the podcast <laughs> Only You, <laughs> was, it, sorry, was he? Only no, You and Me, and then back to you again. <laughs> from that podcast's fame, um, he told me, uh, because he, for some context, he studied music production. So he told me something about like how in the 80s they... I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you some bad facts right now. I can tell, and we're gonna get another email. But who cares? Something about in the '80s, the mid range was kind of like being used a lot more. It wasn't just bass and treble. It was you also had the mid range to play with, which gave it a a deeper sound, a juicier sound. Do with that information what you will. Tom. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> it's good. No, I liked it. It was good. Sounded yeah. like you knew what you were talking about. Sort of. Did it? Did it? I don't know. <laughs> no, it was, I'm not convinced. Um, you use some terminology like mid range. <laughs> okay, sick. Well, if anyone wants to know what it is mean, <laughs> what it is meaning, uh, just email us. You know, and we'll pass it on to Peter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get Peter on. This will come up again uh, in the next song, in fact. But he loves repeating the title of the song over and over again. I mean, that's just. Sometimes, if you can't think of a chorus, just bloody say one word over and over again. <laughs> and uh, the, the John Foster school of songwriting. Yeah. Leave the chorus to the end. And if you can't think of anything, think of a word, a cool word. Okay. Like Badlands. And then stick, stick that in there. I should, sorry, I don't think we actually said the first song is called Badlands. Yeah. We're out of practice. It's been three weeks. Very rusty. Very rusty. Okay. Uh, song two. Should we move on? Yeah. Uh, it's called Adam Raised a Cane. What do you think? cool guitar at the beginning that needs to be said he kind of screams a bit um this one wasn't one that i you know looked up from my screen to check out what song it was but it, you know it's an alright song mm. you know what I mean? sounds a bit sounds silly to me it sounds, the like, song, sounds like, yeah it sounds like it should be in a musical that's kind of his he does tell stories right so it kind of i get what you mean not just the lyrics though i think the the whole <laughs> i, see, I see what you mean <laughs> sounds like it's it's the villain song in a in a musical yeah, and he's doing that thing again where he just says the name of the song. Yes, absolutely. I get what you mean. Yeah, I definitely could see this in a musical. Yeah. Maybe after the podcast is done, we can write a Bruce Springsteen musical. Christ. Mate, I know you're bored, but we can't do all of these projects. <laughs> you <laughs> call it Born to, run on the, on the darkness, Born to Run from the Darkness on the Edge of Town. In the USA. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will say, for someone who is predominantly known for his like guitar rock, I think the piano... And to a slightly lesser extent, the glockenspiel is consistently the best part of the album. <laughs> the glockenspiel. <laughs> I can't say that I noticed the glock too much. Oh, mate, it's all over the place. Can you not hear it? I initially thought I thought it was a, a xylophone, but I had to look it up, and it is a glockenspiel. I'm glad you're doing your research. We've come, we've come leaps and bounds since the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, now you said it's a musical song. That's all I can see <laughs> in my head. Why is he yelling so much? I don't, well, I don't know what this song's about. But it can't be good. Here's Adam raising a cane. Who's Adam? Is it Adam and Eve? Because well, Cain was from the Bible too, isn't it? Is it? I don't, I don't know. Like Normally I would look up what the lyrics mean, but I liked it so little that I didn't really care. Sorry, listener. I've, I've shortchanged you here, but I just don't, didn't care. You didn't think anything of it. It's even, harsh, man. even Drake I looked up what the lyrics meant. <laughs> I was like Eve and Drake, like that's something. Like Drake, I didn't because I didn't Drake's... like that one either. Well, there you go. You got much more on Kane? Nah, no. Um, do you have anything on something in the night? This is a nice song. 
Yeah. Little pretty opening. It's it's fine. It's broadly fine. It, it's one of the better ones, but I think it's still pretty dull. This is I remember after this, after the next song, I checked because it felt like the album had been on for longer than it had been. <laughs> Never a good sign. And then it was just like, oh no, I'm only on track five. And track five <laughs> is a bloody lengthy one. But yeah, it's like seven minutes. Right? But um, I kind of like how this song. I like the the atmosphere of this song though. What do you think of those really long wah sounds it keeps making? I like it as a yeah. It's uh, it's a. This uh, is going to be one where horrible. people might write in and say I should meet some sort of TV driving man. But um, I, I could, that's a song I could drive to. To be honest with you. What What does that mean? Talking about your brother. Remember he said. That, all he got from the Drake out, uh, episode was that oh, I yeah, liked to you be driving. Oh, yeah, you loved driving around this <laughs> Yeah, well, the last episode, we talked about the music I drive around to. So it does sound like we just drive around. Oh, I was going to talk about... Um, me and John went out for a run the other day, and uh, <laughs> which John survived by the skin of his teeth. Yeah, my ears were ringing. Um, um, and, I could see, and I was seeing a lot of you did, white. You did really well. I was really proud of you. Um, you, you, you went easy on me, which I appreciate. I did, yeah. Well, I didn't want to hurt you. Uh, but we're pretty sure Thanks. we ran past um, Rosie, <laughs> our, uh, our, our new fan. Our old school chum and our new fan. And we're now worried that she thinks that we spent every waking moment together. <laughs> I'm not worried. <laughs> which is only partly true. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Rosie, if that was you and you did see us, I, I don't really have anything to say. But all I can say is we do sometimes not see each other. Yeah. Yeah, definitely sometimes. Um, but at the same time, you know, next time you see us, stop us. We'll get some autographs on the go. You know, I mean, I always carry pictures of myself at all times. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, that's everything I've got to say about something of the night. <laughs> I think it's a pretty song. Uh, it will be if you didn't sing. Okay, well, uh, the next song, "Candy's Room," yeah, is far and away my favourite. Wow. Okay. Uh, love the melody. Love the driving drums. Love that it's under three minutes long. Yeah, that's always nice. Yeah. For most of it, he's his singing's much more gentle and less like he's got gravel in his throat the whole time, which I which I liked. I know, but he does have a grat. He does have that, like... I don't know what it is. Like, he is, like, not... Clo- he's closing his... He's tensing his throat up. Yeah, he's doing something. You can you must be able to hear that glockenspiel on, on the front. Yeah, I can hear that. I can hear it in this song. It's also a song that includes the only bit of planning that I heard on the entire album. I listened to this through stereo again, so yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That that hasn't held you back at all. This this album, although you do need to go back and listen to Hendrix with headphones on. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. One day, when I'm at a loss. Um, what did you think of Candy's Room? Candy's Room was nice, man. Yeah, I didn't think too much of it. Um, it wasn't my favorite song in any in any way. I think it's the guitar. You know, yeah, it's I like didn't, I didn't like doing that melody. That's the glockenspiel is following kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, they do I, like play the same melody on about four different yeah. instruments, <laughs> and that's just—it's just too much of the same thing. Um, yeah, it's like, okay, well, we've just had the the glockenspiel do the melody. Let's hear the guitar now. Okay, that's good. Now let's hear the piano do the exact same melody. Well, the drummer just smashes the crap out of his snare, <laughs> just doing the same thing. <laughs> it's not—it's not my favorite but, song, but it's, it's a melody I like, so I, that didn't really bother me too much. Are you going to choose that as your favorite song? I am, yeah. Uh, because it was slim pickings, but yeah, I did, I did quite like that one. Um, yeah, I didn't think too much of it. I thought it was the, the, an annoying melody. I didn't, I just didn't like the arrangement. Let's go with that. Let's say fair, that. Fair. Have we already passed your uh, favorite, or is that is that on its way? 
That's on its way. Um, okay, cool. I think it's on its way. I haven't really chosen fully yet. Um, well, is it the next song, Racing in the Street? It's not the next song, Racing in the Street. This is it song... it's seven minutes long and it bores you? Yeah, this one was the one that I, th- I was just like passively listening and then I was like, hold on a minute. How long is this album? And I looked and I was like, oh, we're on track five? <laughs> yeah, five of five, five of ten, to be fair. It's quite a short album. Yeah, it's yeah, it's probably just not too bad. Long. The, f- the first line is, I've got a 69 Chevy. And I reached for the skip button immediately. <laughs> and then I remembered that I kind of have to listen to the rest of it. I actually, now I'm remembering this song. I remember it. I like the story of this. About him, like, what, doing... He, like, fixes up a car with his, with his like, stepson or something like that. Something I wasn't like, fully listening, I'll admit. No, he's about a, st- a street racer who um, can't give it up. Yeah, and he goes out driving with, with some friend or whatever and <laughs> i mean that. musically it's quite nice and once again the piano still is a show but he's singing about a guy who likes a street race in a 69 chevy i cannot relate to that i find it really quite I, it's just funny to me that that is a thing that actually exists or existed God, well even the word chevy makes me feel a little bit ill yeah that american pie song ruins chevy um i think the song is actually nice that being said it is long and a bit like what the hell but it's kind of it's kind of nice actually i like the organ i like the organ as well and that that comes up again in a later song which i enjoyed it he's, he's just so serious and i think that's what i don't connect with he sings so earnestly about the struggles of the common man which probably makes more sense made more sense when he was like 22 25 or whatever but now all i can picture is the bruce Springsteen that i know who's <laughs> not who's the one of the richest people i can possibly imagine <laughs> yeah right. and he's given up his look from a greaser now he's like a cowboy has he? has he has he gone stetson yeah in his 2019 oh it's a it's songs from the film western stars but he's just sort of like a cowboy he's like and then there's another song he's got on oh, no, us the same <laughs> album western stars is a horse on it what happened to you bruce what happened to the cars what happened to the grease he's had that hint of of country of the flyover state kind of Kind of he's a bit, he's a New York guy, Wait, New Jersey. Um, New Jersey. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know, but he's still got that. There's appeal horses to the in New Jersey. Dustland, kind of. Uh, what's it called? The Dust Belt kind of uh, appeal. Rust Belt. Rust Belt. That's what I said. <laughs> um, I, you know, I like a good story song. I like Meatloaf, and his songs are kind of like story-like, yeah, isn't they? He's quite Meatloafian, um, but again, he's got. He knows who he is. He didn't write the song. Who okay. wrote? Jim Steinman. That's the one. Steinman, yeah. Um, yeah, he's quite good. But he, uh, they know the character that is singing the songs. He's not. They're not serious. They're very tongue in cheek. So your issue with Bruce is that he's too serious, serious. too earnest. Um, have you got anything more than Racing Land? Uh, racing Land on the Racing in the Street. Nah, I like. I think it's a nice song. Actually, I will say that much. Okay. You like Racing Street. Well, let's talk about the promised lands. Let's, let's hear it. Have you got much on this one? Because I've got something, but it's not related to the song. So I think you should go first. Oh, okay. Well, this song starts with a, a wailing mouth organ, a.k.a. harmonica. I love a bit of that, you know? So that's all I've got to say. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> this is a man that likes Springsteen. <laughs> I like him. Like I don't like him enough to like... I'm not a fan, but I like... I like a lot of his song. I like that one album. 
and another you one. You said two albums you know, uh, uh, mentioned earlier you liked, and you said you like this one. No, I, I didn't like. I like Born to Run. I like the song, not the album. I haven't listened to the album. I just want to highlight some of the albums that are not in the hundred list. Okay, no Oasis albums, no Smiths albums, no Cure albums, no Joy Division albums. What is this doing in this list? It's oh. I suppose the uh, Rolling Stone magazine is an American thing, isn't it? Because had the NME written a hundred albums of the whatever, I don't know. Actually, maybe Bruce Springsteen would have been in it. Know, but this yeah, is a very American. They would have picked more British albums. God save, save our queen. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I agree with you in that a lot of these albums are. The whole list is just silly, isn't it? It's just absolute boring. shambles. I can't deal with these bloody... And I've said it before, I'll say it again. You stupid music journalists, dude. You sit there, all up their own bums, thinking, oh, look at me, I'm a music journalist. I must have great taste. Let me pick 20 Beatles albums and stick them on a list of 100 songs. There you go. Top whoa, 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 whoa. No, but have some have that's some diversity, the, uh, brother. That's the only thing they've done well. That's the only, they, they cut corners. They cut a lot of corners. There's not enough rules in this top 100 list, you know? I just feel like... I feel like lists... I don't know. <laughs> That's a bad example I had cooking up in my dome there, so I'm going to leave uh, it. Come on. Well, I was going to say, like, if it was a top movies list, you know, let's say I put The Matrix in top 10 movies. I'm not then going to put the sequels in. Like <laughs> because... because... For, for, for a very good reason. <laughs> okay, that's a bad example. <laughs> but I wouldn't do it because I'd put it in the in the, in the the you know... I'll put it in, an, in the footnote that this is the, this is the you only check thing out the rest of the albums. It's the, the only thing we differ on because we both agree it's a terrible list of 100 albums and we disagree with almost every single choice. But I'm perfectly happy with more than one album from the same artist. I think you have to judge every album individually. If you're making a list of the greatest albums of all time, you can't pu- then punish the the band for have or singer for having more than one great album. But don't include shit albums is my point. <laughs> Yeah, we do we do differ on that because yeah, I guess it is a hundred greatest albums, but there are so many other good albums that they've missed off the list because they're so because something about the music world is so obsessed with like always mentioning the Beatles. Mate, like, you can't have a conversation with a music fan. Stop with, it with, with some music fans without them being like, oh, the Beatles are so great, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I mean, yeah, I'm not disagreeing. There's a reason why they are everyone's go-to. It's because they literally invented music. (laughs) They literally, they didn't, no, they didn't. (laughs) They invented white music and they stole sitars from an Indian man and put that on an album. They're not, they're not God's greatest gift to music. All let's not get the, let's not the get only this. thing that we've, got, we've <laughs> got six Beatles albums for us to argue over the Beatles. Let's, <laughs> not, right. let's not do yeah. this now. We'll save it for then. <laughs> I um with this song, we're still in the promised land, by the way. Sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> with this song, I didn't want to just repeat what I've already said. Um, unlike the boss, I notice who is happy to sing the same song over and over and over again. Uh, Ooh. but you know, he you know, he does four hour gigs. Fuck, I can, can you imagine singing that. This song. I'm just standing up for four hours watching this guy. Yeah. Anyway, My legs would get um, tired. The <laughs> 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 least of your problems. Um, so I want to read out two quotes that sum up how I feel about the boss far more succinctly than uh, than I could have done. These okay. are from Dorian Linsky, uh, writing for The Guardian. Um, he says, 
When I say I hate Springsteen, people often reply, ah, but did you realise that Born in the USA wasn't really a patriotic song? Yes, I did, actually. And that's why it's such a failure of a song. If you want to reflect on the human cost of the Vietnam War, then don't set it to music that sounds like you're about to bomb Hanoi and don't stuff... (laughs) And don't stuff your album sleeve with more stars and stripes than the Republic National Convention. Yeah, fair yeah. shout, man. That's yeah. kind of... The Guardian <laughs> can sometimes really destroy people, especially music artists. <laughs> so that was that was the first quote that I enjoyed, but this one is the best one. Someone like Tom Waits makes me feel like I understand America a little better. Springsteen makes me feel hopelessly estranged from the place with his hyperventilating soap operas about young lovers riding out of this one horse town on the back of a hurricane down the highway of dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That so perfectly articulates why I don't like his music. Yeah. Yeah, I get I can I can that was a really good one. That's yeah, a good question. And actually Dor- so was the other yeah, the first one was a fair point. Yeah, um, Dorian also points out that the boss is just about the least rock and roll nickname possible. <laughs> I don't know who gave it to him. And actually, when you listen to that song, um, what's that song called? I'm on fire. The lyrics are kind of sus, dude. Like, hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Like, first yeah. of all, come on, Bruce, what's going on there? And then he goes into the things like he's going to bang this little girl. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, Bruce. God, okay. Help okay. me. Careful with your allegations here, John. But that's what he's saying. The lyrics are literally that. He doesn't ever say, like, this, by the way, this isn't a little girl. We are putting this out on the website for everyone to listen to. (laughs) I think that's sus. That's all I wanted to say. Sus is kid slang, for those that don't know. It means suspicious. (laughs) Uh, Next song is called Factory. I've got two words in my notes. They are mercifully short. You got anything? Factory, yeah. It was just sort of a song that played. Um... Good. That's not hanging. Yeah. Uh, Streets of Fire is the next one. Okay. And I and I do like the organ sound on this. As you said earlier, it does sound cool, and it should get used in in more songs. I think. Um, I enjoyed the slow intro with Bruce like slurring his words for about a minute, and then the rest <laughs> of the band like kicks in for that really brief chorus, and then it goes back to slurring and organ again. I thought that was cool, and I didn't expect it. It's the um the loud quiet technique. A great yeah. technique in songwriting where <laughs> you go loud and then quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it's very clever. You might not understand. John, can you explain that once more for us? So it's called so the it's loud, quiet technique. Loud, quiet technique. And it's quite it's quite an intricate technique. So what happens is you write a song, Tom, which you and I have done multiple times <laughs> before. And, you know, you've got a verse. They say it's quiet, a quiet verse. Where do you go from there? Loud chorus. Where'd you go from there? <laughs> Quiet verse. Medium bridge. Groundbreaking. Loud chorus. Two times over for the outro. Done. Song written. Next. Next indeed. <laughs> um, uh, he, yeah. But after that, um, after that chorus, he goes back to his sort of slightly warbling shouting thing again. And I find that cringeworthy. Yeah. Because I think the issue here is that you're not a drunken working man. Stumbling home from a night. I'm I'm all of those bar. things. Yeah, but no, you don't work on cars or in a, in a steel mine or anything, do you? You don't work in a steel factory. You don't build Chevys in 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 Boston, wherever they <laughs> wherever they built. Um, <laughs> you know, you don't do those things, Tom. So you don't understand. Like you don't, you know, you don't have calluses on your hands from lifting buckets of pure molten iron. 
all day long. Hey, you don't know how difficult it is typing one number from one box into another box. It's not fair. It's not fair for you to judge me like this. Well, I want to hear your side of the story in song Those form. emails don't and send themselves. Use, you can use loud, quiet technique to tell us about how hard it is to be an office man. <laughs> and I'll listen. <laughs> no, I'll listen. Can you hear the venom in John's voice when he said the word office? There's no venom. <laughs> Offices are very important. Not these days. I think Bruce would, would agree. No, he's he's a blue-collar man. That's true, yeah. He'd call you, he'd say you'd never done a hard work days yeah. in your life. <laughs> he'd say it better than that. And then, he's, and then he'd spit at me. Yeah, and then he'd down a, down a shot of whiskey and cry because of the things he's seen. <laughs> okay, um, should we talk about my next one? <laughs> Um, <laughs> that was... I like I like Prove It All Night, the next track. Prove It All Night, the next track, yeah. I like this one. I think this might be my favourite. It's nice and upbeat. Roaring sax solo. It's got good vibes to it. More glockenspiel. I think, I mean, I feel, I feel like Bruce only had like a set amount of instruments at hand when, he, when he was recording this is what I mean. Because, um, yeah, you, why would you have so much glockenspiel? <laughs> he really fell in love with the glockenspiel. <laughs> all this time. <laughs> <laughs> so much talk and <laughs> he really loved it on, on this, this album. This album. Oh, <laughs> the Glockersville organ, guitar, <laughs> saxophone, I guess that, the bass. That, that, <laughs> that, famous, that famous combination. But that's a good thing, I suppose, like because maybe he was writing it from the perspective of like that's what Glockersville player. <laughs> the Glockersville is a working man's instrument, first of all. <laughs> Famously, <laughs> steel workers go home and smash on the glockenspiel. He, he, he also plays a harp. <laughs> it's an odd choice. It's an odd choice. But, he keeps um, it next to his theremin. <laughs> um, but maybe he wrote it thinking that he'd be able, he'd do it live, and so he didn't want to have like you know too much crazy stuff going. Let's have the five instruments we're going to have on stage. That's the album. And that's kind of a cool tech. That's kind of a cool place to uh, start an album from, I guess. You know, give yourself limits. And he did that. He said, look, the only instrument we're going to have in this album is a glockenspiel. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's where we're going to go from. And I like it. <laughs> it's called glockenspiel on the edge of town. Yeah. Um, and then the producer steps me and was like, listen, we're going to have to have a couple <laughs> more instruments right there. At least a guitar. <laughs> Glockenspiel is the furthest thing away from darkness as I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> it's just pure hope and love. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't suit. <laughs> if I could do one thing, I'd remove the Glockenspiel from it. All of these. So it's the best thing about the album. It just doesn't fit with the theme of darkness on the edge of town. <laughs> oh, oh, speaking of darkness on the edge of town, the last song on the album is the titular track, "Darkness on the Edge of Town." Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I think I've made myself pretty clear by now. It's more of the same. Um, John, thoughts? <laughs> yeah, you're right, Tom. It is more of the same. A song, a story about a guy and a car and, you know, just being a working man again, you know? How can we... We can't say it any clearer than Bruce said. The terrible thing is there's a, this isn't the only Springsteen album in the list. Born in the USA has got to be on there, hey? Uh, Born to Run. Oh. Uh, yeah, no, Born in the USA is not in it. Unfortunately... Born to Run won't be for another 70 episodes, so uh, everyone would have forgotten it this episode by now, so I can just repeat everything I've already said. Yeah, no, we won't remember anything we've said. I think Born in the USA is a better album than... I mean, I I can't. I don't think I've listened to Born to Run. I like the song, though. But, yeah, I think you're right about what you say. <clears throat> that Bruce Springsteen and all that and a bag of potato chips. 
<laughs> but then again, I'm not a working man, so I don't know. I don't, I've never built a car. No, you're not. Ever. Get a job. <laughs> I, I, if there was a fucking... Pardon me. Um, <laughs> I haven't sworn at all this episode, I think. If there was a car factory, Tom, you better believe I'd be down there and I'd have my sleeve rolled up with cigarettes yeah. in it. But there's no car factory. It's because the bloody EU. Bloody hell. <sighs> what can we do, eh? We can start our own car factory <laughs> after the podcast is done and after the play's finished. Yeah, well, I've got a master's degree in engineering, so yeah, I, th- I can do that. You reckon you could put some parts together for me? <laughs> I probably couldn't use a screwdriver properly, to be honest. Do you reckon, genuinely, you could take my moped and make, like, because apparently if you drill holes in, like, the something, something to do with the moped, if you drill holes in it, it makes it go faster. <laughs> talk, me, talk me through that. I think you're thinking about uh, wind resistance. So if you just <laughs> drill holes all the way through it, it will go faster. That's assuming you don't go though. through any um, any major leads or cables or pipes or whatever. Yeah. Then, yeah, exactly, it will go faster. And weight loss, because you have less material. No, it's genius. It's genius. That's yeah, not it, wasn't a, it, wasn't, it wasn't a wasted master's degree, my friend. <laughs> we'll have to sort that out. Uh, should we play a game, John, and call it a night? Let's call it a night and play a game. Uh, this is probably the last time we play this game. Yeah, tell um, the people, man. Because this is the end of season one. Uh, purely because of my ego, I wanted to do, I wanted to do uh, ten episodes in a series. That way, if we do reach the end, I mean, when we reach the end, we wow. would have done ten, ten. We would have done ten seasons, and that will make me feel good. So that's how I've approached it. We're yeah. gonna have a, and it keeps it interesting. If you don't mind yeah. me interjecting, Tom, please do, um, man. Please do. <laughs> it uh, keeps it interesting. You know, it keeps it fresh for the listener, for all of our fans out there. Both of you. Yeah. We're, uh, we're going to have a, a an end of season review meeting and uh, we've got some plans. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we'll talk about some things, some things we're going to add, some things we're going to take away. Obviously, the game, like we've said, is going to be one of the things we're going to take away. But this has been a good season so far, dude. Uh, this has been probably the thing, it, <laughs> the biggest thing in my life for the last six months. That's decent. That's decent. I've enjoyed every second. Yeah, it's been nice. And it, well, you know what? What I like about it most is like just being able to sit back and listen to myself talk. <laughs> I just love that. You know? <laughs> the mental thing is, 610 people also agree. <laughs> Some dude in India. An Indian man. That's crazy to me. Yeah. You know? Although there's about a billion people in India, so there's a good chance he just clicked on the wrong thing. Statistically, <laughs> it was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a big fan. Shout out to our Indian fan if you're listening. Yeah. Get on Instagram, bud, and hit me up or email. The Instagram ha- uh, handle, I guess, is what it would be called, is underscore off the record underscore pod. I'm going to say it one more time for the people that didn't quite hear. Maybe their pen didn't have a pen ready. Yeah. So again, it's for the people at the back. The people at the back underscore off the record, which is the name of the podcast, underscore pod. It's just short for podcast. And you'll see our, our nice little drawing logo thing there. And check it out. Like, you know, like it. Uh, hit me up. The email address, if you want to email, uh, is called uh, 100 off the record at gmail.com. 100 off the record at gmail.com. Thank you for your time. John, I think it's me to go first this week. Oh, amazing. That takes a lot of pressure off my back. When I say me to go first, I mean you to give me the fan first. Oh, right. Okie dokie. I'm not sure if you're too much of a fan of this 
band, Tom. Um, I remember back in school once you got their name wrong and it disgusted me. And this band, you ready? Remember, John, this is the last time we play this game. Are you going to be a really difficult one? No. We still this haven't five. We haven't hit a five yet. Go on. Is the police? <laughs> How did I get it name, name wrong? I remember one time in school you the were like, lice. you were like Sting and the Police. You called them oh, Sting I, and the they Police. They were called Sting and the Police. No, they weren't. Never in their entire life. No, well after they they broke up, then they released like a best of, and they called it Sting and the Police. Yeah, it was a very right. best of Sting as a song. Oh, oh, so they the released they released an album called the very best of Sting and the Police. Yeah, the album was called that. Okay, and Sting is a separate entity. Okay, that's a good one actually. It's a good one. Yeah, it is a good one. Start the music. Sorry, I've always wanted to say that, and I was I didn't know if I was going to get another chance. Don't sorry say sorry. You just you've done it now. It's started playing. I'm going to say every breath you take. So um, every breath you take is correct. Oh, good. Good start. Um, oh, they had some good hits. Uh, Roxanne. That's track number two. Yes. Here we go, boys. Um, uh, message in a bottle. Oh, dude. If you, okay, here's, here's, I'll give you a bonus 10 points. Okay, yes, please. If you can get... Because so far, you've got three out of three. <laughs> and in the order that they are popular. <laughs> Suspicious. So if you can get all five of them in that order... All, all correct. Don't do this to me. I will give you an extra 10 points. Okay. Which means you're the winner. It makes you the winner, regardless of many, how many times you've won, if you think yeah, about it's it. Like the, it's like the golden snitch. <laughs> yeah. The most pointless. I don't know, let's not get into that. Um, <laughs> every little thing she does is magic. Oh, shit. Here we go. That's correct. Yes! Will you get number yes! five? <laughs> It's, yeah, is you're it, on the roll. You want to roll? Is it, in, is it in? Is it in order? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! This next is okay. last track. <laughs> I feel sick. Um, <laughs> okay, I've got one. I picked one. Okay. Are you ready? Oh yeah. god! If this is five, mate. If oh I get five in the last I'm actually a little nervous too. I'm like gonna keep... lose my mind. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. Okay, can I just have a sidebar? Mute your headphones. I don't reckon you'll get it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are you ready? Hell yeah, John. You know how we're in a in a pandemic. Yeah, and uh, everyone has to keep their distance. No. Well, no. What, I, what, what I say to people is, <laughs> don't stand so close to me. You're such a motherfucker. I reckon you cheated. That is, is it fine? Yes. Yeah! Five. Yes. And in the row that they <laughs> appear. Last episode. Amazing. Last amazing. game you've got a five. Oh, amazing. That's fate again, dude. Fate is playing games. I'm so happy. I've wanted a five for the first time we played this game. Oh, God. That's, that is mental that you've gotten as well. I mean, I, I suppose... Might not, I, might, I might not do this podcast anymore. I think I've got everything I need out of it. You peaked. You peaked. Let's just hang up. Fuck it. Call it. Oh. See you later. <laughs> I feel alive. <laughs> That is mad, man. And you got the bonus <laughs> yeah. 10, which literally the, means nothing. In order. That's getting an Instagram post, baby. Oh, God, That's getting an Instagram post. Now, for that Instagram <laughs> post, can I get a picture of you shirtless, maybe riding a steed? That'd what, you great. mean more more than the ones you've already got? <laughs> more, I don't want to leak my personal collection. 
Um, yeah, amazing. Well done. There's going to be some crazy SFX we're going to have to add in. Applause. Okay. Cheering. But okay. Well done, man. Right. You've done let's, it. Uh, next one. Completed the game. Let's, uh, let's do yours because I think you've got a chance because it's, as it's the last one, I've gone for the big one. There's nothing. Your band. Right. Yeah. Your band is the 1975. Whoa! John's John's favorite band, everybody. I really like this band. I really like this band. I do. Um, in your in your time, shoot. Wow. Well, geez. Now, see, this is hard because what if I don't get a five out of five in the order? That I won't get bonus ten. That sort of sucks. Tom, for my first choice, I'm gonna go. Have, I'm gonna have to choose chocolates. Uh, chocolate is one of the top five. Excellent. Um, it's not the top five. It's not the number one. But okay. it's, uh... So I'm out of the running for bonus ten, that's for sure. Well, it depends um, what order you're doing it in. If you do from two to five and then do the top one, <laughs> then you've, you've done an order. An order, that gives me ten. Um, and I suppose the next song, I'm going to choose Somebody Else. Correct. That's number one. Yeah. And a fantastic tune. Oh, yeah, it's a nice song. Probably the only 975 song I really like. Sorry, John. Well, you like the count for girls, so what can I say? No, I don't. Uh, that was in the past. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> next song. Tom, for this third choice of mine, I'm going to have to choose the song Sex. Sex. <laughs> Not <laughs> even in the top ten. What the fuck? Sorry, man. Uh, what about It's Not Living If It's Not With You? Correct. That is in the top five. <clears throat> Three out of four. It's a very respectable score. Can you get four out of five? Um, so I guess for my last one. It's probably gonna is that be, a cover uh, of if, if I Can't Live If Living Is Without You? <laughs> yeah, well, let's say yes to that one. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's like being friends with you. You just have to humour me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever, mate. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy. Last guess. Uh, I think. Um, is the last song Two Time? No. No, I'm afraid not. You missed out on Robbers and uh, Love It If We Made It. Uh, fair deal on robbers, but I think love it if we made it's a bit overrated. So. Did well though, three. Yeah, good. that's about average score for us. All right, cheers, guys. Well, here we go. Season one's over. It's been a journey. Six hundred and ten downloads. Six hundred and ten downloads. Here's to shooting for the moon for season two, where we're going to bring you some some more. Uh, excellent. <laughs> We're going to bring you some more of the same. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of great music journalism, really. I suppose is what we what we are, really, isn't it? Yeah, we're we're p- picking up where Enemy and the Rolling Stone failed. Yeah, we're giving you the truth. We're not giving you some sort of like, oh, look at us, you know, oh, look at us. We're so into music, but we are. But we're giving it. <laughs> yeah, we just, <laughs> we just don't know don't know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> we're giving it to you. We're giving it to you how it is. 
you know. All right. It's been a pleasure, John. It's been a pleasure too, Tom. And I'll see you in season two. See you then. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye.